You're listening to Drinking on the Job, D-O-T-J. I'm your host, John Coyle. Drinking on the Job is a toast to the culture of food, wine, and all things fermented. We'll be talking with winemakers, musicians, artists, late-night bartenders, scoundrels, and more. It's time to grab a glass before its last call. Daryl Disman is Mr. Hospitality. Keith McNally called him the best maitre d' in the Western Hemisphere. He's a super successful model who's rep for Ralph Lauren, Paul Stewart, and a list too long to mention. He's an actor, musician, teacher, and just a great guy. Check it out. I'm sitting with Daryl Disman. Daryl Disman is the Harvey Keitel, Mr. Wolf of Pulp Fiction. He exudes confidence. He fixes restaurant service and handles the front door with style. Mm. No surprise when I recently saw him at John George Tin Building, pulling all that big, huge endeavor together. Daryl, thank you. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having me, John. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, happy to be here. Yeah. Um, you know, you've been in so many... We're going to get to this, but we're going to we're gonna go at the beginning. But you have that face like it... like. I imagine a lot of people walk up to you like they, hey, I know you from somewhere. Yeah. And it's more, uh, maybe Ralph Lauren, maybe it's the Paul Stewart, maybe it's you know, yeah. Broadway, maybe it's this. Yeah. I'm sure it happens a lot because I remember years ago, I was just like, I know this guy from somewhere. Yeah. Oh, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, that does happen a lot. And, I, you know, people approach me recently and so they go, oh, I know you, I know you. And, you know, there's people I recognize. I never forget a face because right. part of being a maitre d'. Yeah is recognizing faces. You know, you may not Absolutely. remember their name. I try my best. any rate, uh, I don't go, uh, you probably just saw me in the Ralph ad. Or I, I, I try to get them in the ballpark. Right. And if we can't, I said, oh, was it at Pastis? Was right. it at... Balthazar? Yeah. yeah. And, uh, or the Standard? Right. If they, they're like, no. It's usually, no. It's usually the other thing. So. Um, it's so funny because, <clears> uh, you know, Keith, everyone follows Keith McNally on his bounces mm-hmm. on Instagram because they're so wacky. Yeah, wow. And I love it because he, he's got his opinion. Man, I, I love people with opinions. Unfiltered. Unfiltered. Yeah. Very well. Yeah, exactly. Gets him in trouble sometimes. Uh, yes, but, it does. You know, yes, he, it does. But I love his, uh, he said, uh, you are the best maitre d' in the Western Hemisphere. Wow. Um, and I thought, yeah, you know what? That's pretty accurate. Yeah. Well, that was a nice compliment. You know, it's, it's I, I actually learned, you know, a lot of it from from him and his system mm-hmm. um you know starting back nels that was our first time oh, together wow yeah were you around yeah 14th nels? street nels? yeah 14th yeah. street oh yeah the yeah very that was fancy the place pub. it was to people, get into people it. ask me about it they're like well nels what? well who was there i said you know it's it's easier <laughs> if you just say a few names because right everybody was there yeah i mean you know you, you you're a new yorker for yes long time okay yeah. so you know you know 54, which right. was well before it, sure. in the area, yeah. and then Nels. Right. And Nels was just, I mean, there'll be movies about it. Yeah, yeah. I'm surprised there's not. I think there's a few floating around, but yeah. somebody will take. You know what I had on recently has <coughs> similar kind of, um, well, the restaurant has that kind of story, is Raul's. And I was talking to Kareem Raul, and uh, I, I want to shoot something with him, and he said, I said, I'm surprised you haven't done it, because he's a filmmaker. And he said, I have hundreds of hours 
of film that I already shot. I just don't know what to do with it. I'm trying to piece it together. Wow. Uh, because that's one of those, like, outposts in New York City as well. Nobody was down there. It was desolate right. when, and, you know, when they opened it. Um, but let's start at the beginning. Like, okay. where, <clears throat> like, how do you end up being, uh, you know, uh, where you are now? Like, what got you into the so, acting and, and modeling and sure. all this stuff? So. so I went to Michigan State. Um, had a liberal arts degree. It's actually a multidisciplinary program. I mean, I studied political science, economics, and psychology. I do major mm-hmm. and a minor in psychology. What am I going to do with that? I always had the intention to move to New York and act. Okay. I was modeling um, a little bit at Michigan State. So it's like, you know, I'm going to get an agent in New York. But I had no money and I was. Very independent, didn't want to ask my father, who could have, you know, helped me out. So I just got a job. I took any job. And it happened to be one in Kansas City, of all places. It was with Macy's, junior executive development. Took that job, hated it. Retail is tough. Moved back to Michigan. I said, all right, I just got to save $2,000. Oh, one other thing I forgot to tell you. I yeah. was I was an athlete at Michigan State. I um, so I'm very competitive. I was yeah. a, I was a Big Ten champ. So that that carry, and track and, and field high, and track and field and the yeah. high jump. Yeah, you look yeah. it. That yeah. carries over. That's yeah. still. Yeah. I mean, if you notice my hashtag on my Insta, it's keep getting up. That's my metaphor. But it. my father used to always say that to me, right. and he used to say that to me, like high jumping. Compare. Anyway, right. It is about like, getting up, though. Absolutely. I, I've said that to pe- people. It's it's not it's nothing. It, your life is how you get up, how you recover. Absolutely, right. Uh, we're all gonna have high, we're all gonna have highs and lows. We all have them. It, they yeah. don't end. Yeah. You know. All right. And you just have to find a way to keep getting yeah. up. So that's my. I put it out there as inspiration, but I also, you know, I live it. I believe it. Right. So anyway, I I moved back. I learned a lot. In Kansas City, uh, the Macy's Junior Executive Program, but I hated retailing. I moved back to Michigan. I had to get a job so that I could move to New York to pursue my acting and modeling. I did it. I saved my dollar amount. It was actually two thousand dollars. That was my target. To say, believe it or not, that which was, is nothing today, but right, that's yeah. nothing. So I moved to New York in 1987. I said, "All right, let me take a quick job just so I don't, you know, spend this two thousand dollars." Took a job, Bloomingdale's. As a manager. Right. Went one night, my friends, I had a friend that worked, uh, she was an agent at one of the big, uh, back in the day, there was uh, William Morris. Okay. Yeah, William wow. Morris. That's I big. went to visit her. Um, that was actually one of my first encounters. And like I walked in, they were looking at me like, who are you, who are you here to see? Who are you here to see? I'm like, uh, Margaret, you know, they're like, oh. So she comes out, she goes, listen, Daryl, they're, they're casting for uh, L.A. Law. And they're like, that dude would be perfect. Wow. But at that point, I didn't have the chops. I didn't really know what I was doing. I wasn't prepared. I had no resume. But that was kind of my beginning. Like, whoa, okay, you know, I, I, this is a sign. I'm oh, that's a very good sign. Okay, let me ask you something. If knowing what you know now, mm-hmm. the amount of times you've been in front of a camera on mm-hmm. a shoot, right? Mm-hmm. Do you think you could have pulled it off if they put the camera on and gave you lines to run? Because everyone thinks they could be an actor, but I've been on set too. That camera starts rolling. 
I've seen so many people. I've, I've auditioned for plays. I then mm-hmm. wrote a play that had people come in and audition. And seemingly brilliant people, as soon as you put them on the spotlight, they shit their pants. I, They're nervous. Their voice is shaking. You're like, right. wait, wait, what happened? I'm like, right. Take it easy. Relax. I think. You think you would have been able to do it? No. Right. I think right. only because I had the confidence. Right. But I just didn't have. There's. Pardon me. There's. It's not so much like the technical, but it's just you you have to have craft. Right. I mean, that's why actors are considered, sure. you know, the joke of the arts. You know, yeah. many of them don't take their craft seriously. Yeah. I took my craft very seriously. I think I probably could have pulled it off. It right. wasn't like it was this, you know, I, it was a pretty good show. It was a hot show. It was a pretty good yeah. show. Yeah. But, you know, I probably... I I'm, Jimmy Smith's, there's like, right. that's like a really big cast. They had yeah. some actors yeah. that kind of, you know, were... Very solid. Right. And I probably, yeah, no, it took me a while. Even when I began, I wasn't I wasn't particularly good. I remember I was in a two-year-old program with William Esper. Sure. It was a Meisner technique. Yeah. First year, they're like, mm, Daryl, I don't know. You know. I don't know if they, I was like, really? Because I, th- I thought I was good. They're like, right. ah, we didn't think it. But Bill, I studied with Bill uh, the second year, and it just turned around. Bill actually came to see me eventually. Um on Broadway when I performed. So it, I I think being brutally honest with myself, yeah, I had the confidence to do it. I probably would have like, yeah, let me let me in there, you right. know, but it just yeah. I would not have got the job. So hmm. but uh That's interesting. I I love this a great <clears throat> Oliver Stone story, Michael Douglas story. I think it was uh Wall Street and he he would just ride uh Michael Douglas, like, you sucked. I can't fucking believe how horrible you are. And Michael Douglas is retelling the story. He's like, I thought I was just like, fuck, was, am I that bad? He totally questioned everything he ever did. And then it, was, it turned out all of a sudden just busting his balls to get him to put out the best he could. Wow. That could backfire. But Michael Douglas being yeah. a pro was just like, all right, I'm going to up my game. Yeah. And, you know, Kurt turned out to be yeah. a, a great movie. Yeah. So, He's... so what's your next acting encounter? Well, so right now I'm actually, you know, I've spent all this time. Mm. Um, in hospitality, mm-hmm. as you know, and I've spent a lot of time uh, in front of the camera, right. um, acting, modeling, modeling lately, late, the last four years. You know, I, after I did the 50th anniversary show for Ralph Lauren, it's like suddenly I'm like, oh, I'm an actor now. I was like, oh, okay. Because you're in film. You're doing like video shoots. and. Well, I mean, when I did the Ralph Lauren Right. It was the 50th anniversary runway show. It was That's in huge. Central Park. Yeah. yeah. And it was a huge casting. Like when I walked into the room, I was like, damn, everybody, every every model that I've ever seen, the last That's male, so female, crazy. it was, and it was a big process and it was very secretive. But after I booked that, did it, suddenly I was a model. I mean, I like, I, here's a funny story. Uh-huh. When I first moved to New York, it was in 1987. Mm hmm. I hit the different modeling agencies. I applied at Ford. Ford not only rejected me, they sent me a cover, like this cover letter that's like, um, not only um, are we not going to sign you, we think you should consider another career. Wow. <laughs> I still have that letter. I still have that letter. Have you thought of uh, Payless Shoe Store as a manager of moving, <laughs> you, you, working in a moving van? You couldn't. <laughs> wow. You could not. Oh, you got to frame that. I, I, you have to frame I that. will. It'll surface. I, I have it. I saved it. And I, I knew at that moment when I read it, I was like, of course, I was bummed out. But I was like, wow, 
they're like telling me I That's should. It's a gut check. Fuck. Yeah. But yeah. here's the funny part. They yeah. signed me like, I'm not currently with Ford. I'm with right. uh, New York Models. But mm-hmm. they signed me like 20 years later. Wow. And when they signed me, I just, it was a moment I just started laughing. I was like, you know, you guys, you rejected so funny. me. But it was also a commentary yeah. on the times. You know, right. there was maybe one model of color that, right. you know, we're now we're entering a period where, you know, there's a whole lot more. Uh, Amen. Right. What's what's the diversity? Diversity. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think uh, the first company that really started that rolling was the, the United uh, uh, of, Color of Benetton. Yeah. Right? Didn't they just uh, that was the first time I realized an ad campaign that had right. the rainbow. I was like, look at these guys. This yeah. is great. No, it was good. Right. I mean, at the time, it almost came off as gimmicky, but it right. it, yeah. w- it was sure. admirable. But right. now, I mean, I remember I went on to uh, a job, and I, I saw this woman that was like my height yeah. and weighed, you know, probably, you know, 80 pounds more than me. Like, And wow. really pretty. And I didn't, we were on the same plane, and we, I was like, I wonder what she's doing in Milwaukee. You know, like, is she an athlete? I go on the set in the morning, and this very large but beautiful woman walks into the studio. I was like, whoa, she's a model. And now there's this, you know, there's plus-size models that are killing it. So you see all, you know, it does. you don't have to be six, you know, two, or if you're a male, or or six feet, or you don't have to be five, ten. You can, it's just, anything goes. Yeah. I got a niche. I think I'm going to start a, a modeling agency hey, with dwarfs. There you go, <laughs> right? man. I'm sure. I'm sure that you know. There's a. Let's get back to the Ralph Lauren thing. So, what's the audition like when you look up and you see every model you've ever seen? Like, what are they asking you to do? Is it? Are you speaking? Is it kind well, of like? Well, you, for this particular casting, I mean, mm-hmm. now they just book me. You know, I mean, it's not. Right. It's. Uh, but for that particular one, it was a. It was a really large show. I believe there were 160 models. And they wanted to see, their, and it was all the different uh, brands within the Ralph Lauren universe. Right. So, you know, Polo, right. Purple Label. I love the Purple Label. Double stuff. RL. So they were trying to see what model looked right, right in this right. Uh, particular look, and they wanted to see if you could walk. Right. So I'd seen Ralph out socially. So I was right. one of the few people that were like, oh, it's Ralph Lauren. You know, I, yeah. I, he's a very friendly guy, very nice, personable uh, man. And I saw him, I was like, hey, Ralph. You know, he's like, and he shook my hand. Didn't go, hey, Daryl. I don't know yeah. that he remembered my name. Right. But, uh, and they're like, okay. And they go, uh, 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 Daryl, can, can you walk? I was like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> so I had to walk. Right. And they're like, yeah, 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 he's fine. So after like the third time they came in, they put it was a fitting that, to make sure the clothes look right, and right. they did. And after that point, you know, they they booked the models. But you know, a lot of the castings for for modeling, or if I haven't worked with the brand, is they you know take your photo. Right. Um, a lot of them go on digitals, but there's there's not it's not like a acting. Right. you know. So if if the if you have the choice between doing a runway or a print, take out the money financial aspect of it. What's what's better? What's more fun to do? I mean, the energy at those <clears throat> fashion shows are like well, holy shit. You know, I've, like, I've had I've had really remarkable and enjoyable experiences doing both. Mm-hmm. I did this one show, 
Um, it's Pierre Moss, and it's his uh, black designer that I had never heard of. It's, and his name is spelled P-Y-E-R. And they, oh, well. they had fun. Like, they went around at the casting, and it's like, how do you say this name? And I was like, I don't know, Pierre Moss. Yeah. But I didn't know, and I have a young son, as, as you yeah. know. And I asked him, I said, hey, have you heard of this designer? He's like, Dad. You have to do that. <laughs> so I was like, oh, he goes, yeah, he, he dressed. Um, it's Glover, what's the Atlanta star? Glover. Uh, oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. he dressed a few other people at Academy Award. I was like, okay, well, okay. I get there. Now, at this point, when I go to casting, I don't, you know, I humbly say I don't have to attend cattle calls, I call them, right. where there's just hundreds of right. models. I went there, there literally were like, a hundred models. I was like, what? I had an appointment. Right. I was like, nah, I'm out of here. But in my head, my son's voice, say, yes, do I'm it, sure. dad. You got to yeah. do it. I said, All right, I'm gonna, my son knows. Finally get there. They call me back. I have an appointment time. This time, it was just as bad. I was like, okay. And But again, and my son's like, dad, do it for the culture. Long story short, I get cast for the show. I do it. It was one of the most uplifting experiences wow. it was in brooklyn at this um theater there were 40 um powerful gospel singers hmm. when i got to the stage i i was almost floating i, wow. I was almost in tears it was just wow. so powerful the lighting of it the stage that they created wow. recently i and the same for uh the show I just did for Ralph Lauren, the California Dreaming in mm -hmm. Los Angeles, the right. first time there. Beautiful, beautiful show. Beautiful, like, setting. Um, I'm sure there's pressure, but it just looks like a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. I mean, yeah. you know, again, I, I come with a different set of, uh, um, well, just my confidence level and my comfort. It's You've compared it to yeah. compared to performing in front of 1,200 people with uh, Al Pacino sitting right next to you, you know. Was this on Broadway or? On Broadway. I'm saying like okay, yeah, yeah, for right. me to do yeah. a show for yeah. Ralph, and I'm yes. not saying, I mean, look, they're both right. amazing, but am I getting that nervous? No. Right. Am I like getting that worked up? No. You know, I just go out and, and you know, confidently walk and no. do my thing you know and cool. just try to be cool there <clears throat> that's all you gotta that, do you know that's 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 why they booked me man yeah. and then and then you do, so you've done broadway i've done broadway right. i i was in a production uh of salome that obscure play by right, oscar sure. Wilde. and uh it started out i'm a member of the actor studio which uh you know Back then, you know, it was a bunch of crazy method actors. Oh, yeah, you know? right. So uh, I got a call from Estelle Parsons. She's like, Daryl, wow. you know, Estelle, uh, uh, Al wants you to read for this play. I was like, eh, I don't know if I want to go into reading. You know, I, right. I didn't, I didn't, she go, no, Daryl, he wants you to come read. I was like, oh, okay, uh, yeah, okay, I'll be there. Uh, so I went and we just started reading the play at a table. And... It just grew. We, the cast changed at one point. Um, Leif Schreiber was wow. the Yokanan right. role. Cool guy. We yeah, used, we used to play tennis together. He's just, and basketball. He's really. Did, did, can you beat him? I hope you can. 
I, I'm a little. He, he, he looks beat, athletic. The last time we played uh, tennis, he beat me. He he. He looks like a like, sore fucking loser. I will say that. Hey, he's a tough. He's a tough guy. <laughs> yeah. Even back yeah. then, yeah. You know, he was. I, but I think I would. Yeah, I'm a little better basketball player Good. back then. But he was decent. He was solid. Yeah. He, he's he, he's not. No, he he's looks not, athletic. He's not backing down. He's not yeah. giving up. But the cast kept changing. Um. Then we did a a production. Marissa Tomei was the uh, Salome leading yeah. role. And the cast kept changing, and we did a performance, which was one performance, the best performance ever. The whole time I worked on it uh, was at the actor's studio. I, wow. my, the hair on my arms wow. just rose. Yeah. That's because this is, and this is going way back, uh, Paul Newman, before he passed away, was in the audience. Wow. Uh, a lot of really powerful actor studio people. At any rate, it went from... Uh, the actor studio on 44th Street to uh, St. Anne's Warehouse, 300 seat theater. Love that theater in Brooklyn. Yeah. Awesome, yeah. Different kind yeah. of reaction. Um, then we went from a 300 seat theater to the Bardavan Theater in Poughkeepsie, which was 1,100 seats. And I think, and the reaction was different even in mm. a larger theater, different right. kind of environment. I think that spawned the idea. That the, it, they could do it at Broadway. I actually found out, like, uh, it was in the newspaper. I was I was telling you earlier, one of the hats I wore, I was a substitute teacher in right. New York City Public Schools. Right. The administrator said, oh, Daryl, look, you got to be on Broadway. I was like, what? And then, <laughs> then I look, I was like, hey, man, nobody called me yet. Right. So I started getting a little, I was like, ah, oh, man, how's that? Well, now they're in Broadway, they're going to get a bigger star. What's, right. what's going But. Sure enough, like a day or two later, like, okay, Daryl, we're, we're going to do Broadway. So, it, Bad news for the New York Public School. Sorry, well, yeah, guys, I'm well, not going to be here next week for the shift. Yeah, yeah. well, bad news, good news. You <laughs> yeah, know? Right. I got yeah, a little yeah. more, you know, street street <laughs> yeah. cred getting, you know, oh, being yeah. a teacher. So. Oh, my God, yeah. But that's, uh, that's how I ended up on Broadway. And we actually ended up doing that off and on for, you know, the, when we started at the actor studio for about five years. I ended up doing it in Los Angeles <clears throat> with Jessica Chastain as the Salome. Oh, wow. It was one of her first big roles. Right. And then oh. Al directed us in a film. I mean, that's really the main reason I went out to L.A. to do it, because it's kind of like you're going from a theater, you know, the Barrymore Theater. And Al told me, I said, why did you pick uh, the Barrymore Theater? He's like, well, that's where uh, Brando did Streetcar. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's so, very cool. And I took advantage of every moment I'd come out early and just be on the stage Breathe. alone and like wow you know this is really really Take, a moment taking all that history one of my, yeah it's one of my definitely a highlight of my yeah that's know. super cool yeah so uh, so how do we segue into okay so I, I i remember how we can get back so i i moved to new york yeah and i was like all right i need to study acting i'm not i, I need to get in a serious program right. so I, uh, well, after, no, after I met uh, my friend at William Morris, she right. said, we have to go to this club. It's called Nell's. He goes like, now it's really hard to get into. And uh, we have a friend that works there. He's a model. And I was like, okay. So we get there. There's 300 people outside. It's yeah. just. You couldn't get in that You place. couldn't right. get in. Yeah. So we see my friend. And back then, uh, Keith and Lynn, you know, Lynn Wagner, right. they, their thing was they had really good-looking kind of modely-looking security guys that were strong. Right. So I, I go that night, and 
we get in. Uh, this is the first night I'm there. And they're like, hey, uh, look, we're short a guy. Do you, do you think you want to work? And I'm like, doing what? And he goes, what I'm doing? It's like, well, I've never, I've never done this. He goes, come on, man. Because you, you. I was big and I was strong. Yeah. <clears throat> so they, I start working that day. So I was like, all right, well, this is a cool place to work. Yeah, I'm sure that the VIP is yeah. going through there. Oh, my God. That's so, got to be like Bowie and, oh, and, and, I sat and down Grace, table, Grace Jones, everybody. like whoever, right? Yeah. You, you just named yeah. two names yeah. that I had long conversations with yeah. both, and yeah. Grace Jones yeah. came into the men's room. I was, I was like, what are you doing in here? <laughs> anyway, it was, you know that There's time. a story, but you know we'll, that, we'll it, save that for we'll, the next, we'll time, next one. We're going to drink a little champagne. Oh, Because this is getting good. We're getting... That sounds good. Yeah, getting into the club story, we need some champagne. So we're going to drink right. Billicart uh, Soubois. This is uh, one of their rarer bottlings. It's all done, vinified, and barrel, barreled. Old used oak. They are the second oldest family in Champagne. This is one of my favorite Champagne houses, and I usually match the beverage to the guest, and I want to celebrate you being here. So I said Champagne and during the holidays, so cheers, Cheers man. to that. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. That's beautiful. Delicious. All right. Well, I feel special. There we go. Thank you. So now back to Nels. <laughs> yeah, so I so they they hired me and I was like, okay, I guess I'm not working at Bloomingdale's anymore. I give notice to Bloomingdale's. Oh yes. And I start working there. Next thing uh I know, um they say, Oh Daryl, we're gonna have you do the door. So I was a doorman. So basically I was, you know, the person deciding who's getting in and out. It well, was that's a tough job. It was a tough job, okay. but I did it nicely. I, yeah. I would tell well, you, you're a gentleman. I could see that. I, I would sure. tell you, you're not getting yeah. in nicely. <clears throat> right. But then that didn't last long because you know I just it was just as well. And mm-hmm. they bring me inside, and the manager at the time is like, uh, "Look, they really like you. Um, let's move you to a bartender. Like, learn all the positions. Next thing you know." They're sitting me down, and he's like, "Look, they, they, they want you to be one of the managers. You know, they see. I mean, I, you know, you could do this in your sleep. Yeah, exactly. So, <clears throat> I started managing, and part of the job uh, responsibility is kind of seating uh, the back area because it's a supper club. There are different components to it. So, I was essentially managing and maitre d'ing, and I learned early on, like we'd have certain a guest that would kind of hit me off like really large because they had an expectation of a table over in the corners. I was going to ask you about the green handshake when we get to the restaurant part of this. Like, yeah. Are people cuffing you? Like, I want that well, table? Or? I mean, over the years they have, I never really allowed that to kind of, I, I never wanted to be owned or yeah, bought. Smart. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I did, Once you play I, that game. Exactly. Yeah. And I just was like, you know, I take care of everybody. That was always my thing. Mm-hmm. And I never wanted to be, and I all my staff, I was like, you don't take money before. They want to show their appreciation after, fine, cool. because you're right. Otherwise they own you. That's why I learned early on about maitre d'ing. And like Which said, is the key position in a great restaurant. The maitre d' knows wine, he knows service, he knows the VIP, he knows the people, he knows what table they like. That's what you're great at. And there's not a lot of people in New York. That's why you're at Balthazar and Pestis and the John George, which we'll get to, right? Yeah. Like, that's it, why. I, I agree. Yeah. It's a dying breed. And yeah. Now, the software, a lot of these new platforms, Resi, yeah. OpenTable, mm-hmm. they do a pretty good job. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty good job. Figuring out what table seat next, how long it's going to be, right. 
you know, they take in the algorithm of all, you know, and patterns. It does a pretty good job. But that whole other side of being personable, kind of, you know, warm and hospitable, yeah. you know, when you greet, you know, people coming in. If you don't have that, you know, that like, you know, there there are some places where it's conspicuously missing. Yeah, yeah. Oh, no, yeah. I know restaurants too, yeah. like robotic. It's just like yeah. soulless fucking, you know, Danny Meyer's restaurant, 11 Mad, when he was in the 11 Mad place, it was, it was a bank, it felt cold, yeah. and it was very robotic service. And sometimes that's what happens when you have, yeah. when everything's in a POS system or software, like, oh, the table 20, it's his birthday, and he normally drinks this. Right. And then some of you, complete stranger comes over to you and says, well, happy birthday, and hey, I know you love white burgundy. And for me... My generator liked it. I don't know who you are. Like, right. Quit pretending like you fucking know me. It just bugs me. Like, if I'm here 10 times or, you know, I've seen something, like, that's totally fine. Come right. say hello. I'll say hello to you. Right. Hey, it's nice to see you again. I can't stand fake hospitality. Yeah, me either. And, and people recognize <clears throat> it. Most people do. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you know, I'm not the type of guy that, you know, you come in like, hi, how are you doing? It's a fake smile. You know, you just, you can exude warmth yeah. and you can smile with your eyes. You don't yeah. have to kind of, be yourself, you know. Yeah. I've always just tried, exactly. you know, to be myself. But yeah, that that was the beginning of my kind of uh, restaurant hospitality journey at mm -hmm. Nell's. And then, you know, I still was pursuing my acting. I had years where I was acting more, and I was a little less in the uh, hospitality. And then, you know, I, different times, I was like, okay, I, I you know, I got to. I'm not, I, I don't do starving artists very well. I just realized, you know, I was like, you know. I, I hear like you, to, man. I like to travel. I like to eat. Yeah. I like to do. So I I kind of had one foot in. one. I mean, in retrospect, I feel like, <clears throat> and I tell my son this. I said, look, if you, I came from a generation. My father was um, born in uh 1932. We all know what mm -hmm. that coincided sure. with. You yeah. know, the, Great Depression, the beginning of the, the World uh, First World War, ending, rolling into, yeah, it's a absolutely. crazy time in And America. he's a black man. Black man, so, yeah. And he was a yeah. doctor, prominent doctor. He's like, you need to be doctor or lawyer. You know, mm -hmm. where my, you know, my love really was in the arts. Right. They also had us exposed to the arts. Right. So, but coming from that, you know, his perspective, he's like, you need Education is the key. You need security, or you you need to be able to provide for your family. All that he passed on to me. Sure, but the message I tell my son: Look, if you if that's your passion, if you your passion is music and that's your love, then you pursue it diligently with mm -hmm. your heart and all your passion, because ultimately you're going to be happier doing what you love. Sure. So different gen generation, but like looking back, I feel like man, I, maybe I should have like. Yeah, and and you know, no, I live no regrets. It's not that mm -hmm. thing, but I just kind of think, you know, if you really apply yourself and really kind of, you'll you'll find <clears throat> ways to be successful. You know, and but funny because yeah, you, know, you are <clears throat> successful. Like, yeah, I'm successful. I worked very hard to be where I am. Right. Um, and you know, like you're. You know, it's like he, it's funny the way we view each other, Every, yeah. we, and that's a good sign because we, we always we always hunger for more. Yeah, right, and not not more money, but more like complete my life. Like right. I need to do something bigger, and I want to continue to to grow. Right, right, and be curious as we were talking right. about earlier, and that's a that's a good emotion to have inside of you. Right, right, as opposed to the opposite. Yeah. You know? Well, you did ask me like uh, what 
what am I working on? So one thing that I realized, mm-hmm. sorry, in, in the spirit of like creating work and opportunities f- for ourselves, you right. know, in like how can we use uh, the contacts, the resource, resources that we have? And I realized, wait a minute, I've been in this, I've been doing both for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I came up with a, uh, a concept, like a, a, sh- a show that, mm-hmm. you know, that I've been working on. <clears throat> That basically combines the two worlds, you know, hospitality and, you know, modeling, acting, arts. And uh, that's basically what I've been working on. Cool. I'm actually have to send you the scissor roll. I was, I was also approached by a company, uh, Warner Brothers Company uh, from London, Ricochet. I was like, okay. They hit me up on Instagram. I was like, that's cool, man. Uh, and I was like, yeah, you know, I get help, hit up a lot on Instagram. Yeah. And I just turned it over to my agent. They're like, okay, they're legit. Let's take a meeting. We took a meeting. I had to get some, you know, some uh, film into them. They right. pieced it together, <clears throat> and they're currently pitching it. They pitched it to Apple. I think they ended. Apple ended up going with uh, Eugene Levy show or something like that. Uh, okay. Are you familiar with the new I, show? I, I know him. I think he's hysterical. Okay. Shit's Creek and just his yeah. whole uh, SCTV background is fucking right. he's hilarious. Yeah. He's just got the uni brow. He just totally cracks me up. I hear it's, it's his son is involved in yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, it makes total sense. It's a family yeah, thing. Yeah. So I don't know. Um, but anyway, he's that's... really funny. Well, if you're <clears> casting <throat> for like a, you know, an Irish cop, you know where to, you know where to come. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, but uh, let's talk a little bit just about the restaurant business because, you know, I, I did have... Um, I have like basically some questions sure. that people have asked me to that I should throw in front of you, like um, strangest requests and demands from a famous or not famous person. Um, strangest requ- whoa! I don't know if some of them we can say on the show, but yeah, you can say whatever <laughs> we swear, do whatever. Uh, hmm. Wow, or you strange? could leave the famous person anonymous if you would like. Well. I just, uh, I, how about a very strange story? Cool, I'll take it. The, okay, so in the early days when I was uh, working at Nell's, it's actually one of the first days I worked there, and they was like, all right, Daryl, so you're going to stand down here by the uh, men's room, and you just kind of, you know, got to keep it moving. If you notice that they're four <laughs> feet in the stall, you, ha- you have to, you know, just knock on the door, tell them, hey, let's keep it moving. Okay, no problem. I got it. So I'm standing there and I go in. Okay, nothing going on. Oh, hey, I see four feet in there. So I, I go in and uh, I just knock on the door. <laughs> they ignore me. It's like, okay, let me do it again. I knock on the door. Yeah. And and it's a stall. It's not like a fucking apartment. <laughs> exactly. Right. It's a stall. Okay, right. Yeah. The two guys open the door. And I say, um, no, they, they open the door, they look at me, <laughs> and they start laughing. I said, oh, I'm sorry, gentlemen, uh, there can only be uh, you know, one person in there at a time. They, <laughs> they start laughing at me. They go out, the manager comes down, like, Daryl, what are you doing? Yeah. I'm like, what do you mean, what am I doing? He goes, you just kicked out Calvin Klein oh, and Steven Rubell <laughs> oh, from shit. the bathroom. I was like... <laughs> <laughs> That's a good one. I was like, well, how was I supposed to know? <laughs> right. I mean, I, I, yeah. Back yeah. in the time, I mean, I knew, uh, I didn't know what Stephen Rubell looked like. 
Right. And I barely knew because it's not like now everybody yeah, knows what sure. you know Instagram. Yeah. Um, you know. Yeah. So that was one of the early stories. I mean, I have other stories of um, certain individuals. I don't, I don't know. If I just, uh, my buddy Roberto told me a great story uh, at El Buco. It's one of my favorite restaurants. Great um, restaurant. It's a really good restaurant. Uh, Kevin Spacey, a notorious dick, mm. uh, comes in and he's with a bunch of boys. Surprise. Table, and he starts smoking pot. Roberto's a very cool guy. He's a very no-nonsense Italian guy. I love the guy. But he also, he's, he's, he's running his show, like you do. Mm. And he smokes, a, he rolls a bone, he starts smoking at the table. He goes over and goes, sorry, you, you can't smoke marijuana in the restaurant, so put it out. He goes, and Kevin grins, Spacey grins at him like that Spacey fucking grin. Mm -hmm. And lights it up again. And Roberto just goes over, pulls the table out. Get the fuck out. I love it. Throws him out. I was just like, and this is way before we knew what an asshole he really was. Right. But that's, I'm like, yeah. I mean, yeah. That's just a thread that runs through your life. You I are so it. entitled, like you think you are just yeah. fucking above it all. Yeah. Right? I mean, I've had, I've had some moments where I've had to walk away from the podium. You know, I've had just, I was like, all right, let me walk away yeah. because not only am I going to be out of a job, but I might get arrested. Yeah. I yeah, yeah. feel like punching out. Yeah. Well, know, oddly enough, somebody just said, <clears throat> one of the questions somebody says, uh, threatened, cursed, or called names as a mate. You must have. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, misunderstood scenarios, you know, like, right. uh, or just complete arrogance on their part, you know, that they think they, uh, yeah, I've been, I've been cussed out before. Um, have I been threatened? You're uh, a big dude. I'd have a hard time thinking someone's yeah, going to threaten you. No, I but. remember. I, I, there's only been one time where I felt, and it was I was managing Pravda, and this guy came in, and he was massive, like huge guy, very well dressed, very mm -hmm. dapper, and I remember, you know, just noticing him. But as the night progressed, I noticed the guy was just talking to himself the whole night uh -oh. and just kind of, you know, something was a little off. So at one point he comes over and he like introduced himself to me and he's like, hi, yeah. And he goes, you know, I think we're going to wreck the place. Wow. And I, I was like, okay, this is a big guy. Yeah. And my security guy he would just have him for you know he was a massive guy so i go <clears throat> okay i got my avian bottle right there how am i gonna like and at that point he comes over and i'm in a little corner table right and i i stand up i was like i need to get some distance here mm -hmm. that was probably the only time i really felt like well this could go really and i just went upstairs called a couple people <laughs> and <clears throat> finally the guy just left on his own but I, I that was one of the only times I felt like well this guy could really because like, like, he, he just literally said uh, I, I think I'm going to wreck the place I'm going to throw some bodies around I think I'm going to those are the people you worry about the people who just stay yeah. calm about it Very by calm. himself drinking talking this person is a lost fucking soul. Very looking for some yeah. looking for some attention. It got real dark uh, real fast. Like uh, it, the DJ at the time, like he 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 he's got up first. He's like, "Yo, I'm out of here." He like kind of got up, and I was like, "All right, let me stand up." But anyway, it didn't. Yeah. You know, didn't end up. Yeah, you know, my buddy I'm here to tell tell. Uh, Carbone, and same similar situation. Some guy, and he's just, and he and. 
Nathan's not a small guy, but he, he's super dapper dressed. You love this guy. I'm, I'm going to bring him in to meet okay. you one night. Yeah. And he, uh, the guy said, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck you up. Mm. And Nathan's like, okay. I just want to let you know though, there's a whole kitchen full of guys there, my friends, and they all have knives. And if you want to do this after, more than welcome to join you outside. There and you the go. guy left. Yeah, <laughs> there like, you go. Smart enough to leave. Yeah. Uh, oh, we're going to segue. So people you worked with that went on to fame and fortune. Any like I worked with and now they're on? Yeah. Um, so there's a guy that uh, is a producer of Narcos and now he created it. He's also, he and his partner, uh, Chris Brancato and Paul Eckstein. Uh, they're creators and producers of Narcos Currently, Godfather of Harlem. We, oh, cool. We all were. We worked together uh, <clears throat> as door, uh, security, right? Like at Nell's. They're both brown guys. Um, you know, I didn't really know that. I knew they were writers, and then they started to have success. And I mean, we it's all know about see. Narcos, but yeah. Then there's another guy that I actually used to model with. His his name's Antoine Fuqua. I know that name. Yeah, he did uh, Training Day. Oh, yes. The director. He's a heavy. He's big. Yeah, yeah he's yeah, big. Yeah. Yeah. So we used to model together. Wow. And <clears throat> he came in. I, I mean, back then his name was Devin, Devin Fuqua. Okay. I don't know if that was his stage name. Now I know it's Antoine Fuqua. Mm -hmm. And he came in and said, Daryl, I'm starting to, you know, do some videos, some music videos, you know, like, I, I want to pull you in. I said, like, right, okay, cool, dude. You know, I didn't think, you know, people, yeah. you know, everybody's, like, doing something, you sure. know, like, I'm Absolutely. doing this, and, and half the time it's bullshit, you know right. what I mean? So I, I, I didn't think it was bullshit, because he did, you know, tell me who he's working with. He, he was, he was a protege of, like, the guy that did Face Off. The Je oh, Japanese. Uh, uh, oh yeah, the Travolta movie that. Wu, uh, oh, it's a, uh, John Woo. Yeah, John Woo. Yeah, that's his. That's uh, wow. his mentor. I believe. Oh, cool. I believe yeah. back then. Yeah. So he started doing videos, and next thing I know, I was like, I, one day I saw his name, uh, and I was like, Antoine Fuqua, Training Day. I was like, oh my god, and then that's, it just. That's a good feeling, right? And a lot of actors. I mean, I used to book DJs <clears throat> at Nell's, and you know, one by one, they all just blew up you know uh there's a uh, this group called delight mm -hmm. there's oh yeah tawatai delight yeah and yeah. dimitri yeah well, oh yeah i booked i booked both of those guys yeah big ass hit there's exactly this dj rumor Pell. in the heart i think was yeah there. exactly yeah. groove is in the heart groove yeah. is in the heart that yeah. would blew it up man that was like yeah everywhere yeah and a bunch of actresses that, that i work with i'm trying to think of who as of late I mean, a lot of it's it's funny, you know. A lot of people kind of take pride, uh, yeah, humbly say, like of my current kind of moment. They're like, Daryl, man, you were just you're just, everywhere. Just, I shop at Suit Supply. <laughs> I open up. I'm like, there's Daryl. I look at Paul Stewart shirts. There's Daryl. Uh, hey, uh, that's you know, awesome, it's, it's, and, and it makes you smile. It yeah, smile. it's making me smile uh, too. Hell yeah, I hope, yeah. I hope it is. <laughs> so we're at the part of the show where I say. You know, um, you know, God's going to call you up to to, to heaven, Daryl, and he said, "I need somebody suave and cool at the at, at the pearly gates." There you go. To say welcome yeah. to whoever. Yeah. So I'm gonna, I'm going to I'm going to give you a gift. I'm going to give you one last day on the planet, right. so you can eat something, drink something, listen to music as you come up and see me. So what are you eating? 
What am I eating? <clears throat> so, I think one of my favorite meals, and it's just hearty and maybe not the healthiest meal, is uh, duck two ways. Yeah. I like when it's confit. Love duck coffee. You know, it's really rich and almost decadent, you know. Yep. Like, I definitely eat too much of that. But I also like, I love a well-done, I mean, like, well-prepared yes. seared duck press. Perfect, yeah. So that's going to be my protein, my meat. Right. And then, you know, it could be, what I, I don't know, Swiss chard or some kind of nice green with it um, and some, either some crispy... Fingerlings or something like yeah, that, just what, something. But I have to match it with. What are you uh, drinking? So my favorite red, oh, and this is go. a little intimidating okay. talking to a wine guy. But, <laughs> well, okay. I mean, not intimidating, yeah. but I, I, I'm not going to throw out a, a particular wine. I'm definitely going to have. So I like, I love my favorite red grape is uh, Pinot Noir. Okay, but I, I particularly like many of the. Um, Ones that come from Willamette, you know. Oh, Oregon, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. I just I'm a big something. Are I you more of a Burgundy? Oh yeah, are you yeah, more no. of a Burgundy Pinot no, guy? No, you know, I gotta tell you, I, I love Pinot as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, my my desert island wine is uh, a white Burgundy, but like I love red Burgundy and I love Pinot Noir. It's yeah. my it's my favorite. Yeah, favorite as, as well. So so that's what that's, all right. We that's, got you covered that's, there. That's that's what I'd have, and and as so you, yeah, and as you float off, as what I are you float off, to? so. I'd have to have my man Lonnie Liston Smith, and uh, it's a song called Renaissance. Okay. And uh, I mean, you're gonna have to check that one out. I, I will. So I want people to be able to find you. So give us your Instagram. Give so us my Instagram whatever, like, um, info we need. Um, D Disman on Instagram, just the initial D, and then my last name D I S M O N D. Cool. And uh, as I say to. Everybody on every post, keep getting up. I hear you, man. Thank you for being on uh, Drinking on the Job podcast. I totally appreciate it. Thank you for having me. Cool. And hey, don't forget to check out past episodes. Uh, But uh, I'll see you all soon. Thanks, Daryl. Thank you, John. Thanks again for listening. Don't forget to check us out at dotjpodcast.com. Until then, I'll see you at the bar. (laughs) 